I hear a lot that I hate personality tests because they put me in a box. And I would say specifically about the Enneagram, it doesn't put you in a box. It shows you the box that you're in and how to get out. Hi, I'm Carrie Korn, a brand new therapist. And I'm Susan Goss, a seasoned therapist. Susan has been my mentor for years. And we love talking about therapy, faith, and relationships. So join us as we share some tangible truths with you. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Tangible Truth Podcast. I am super excited this week because we have a special guest with us. Um, Jen Jet Barrett is with us today. She is the founder of the Well Summit, Camp Well, and doing some other fun things with some young adult women that I'm excited to hear about in a little bit. But I got to know Jen through Susan which is awesome. Yeah. Susan has known Jen for a long time. You guys have a bunch of mutual friends and you've actually got to go to camp well with Jen yes. and participate in that. Um, but I think l- we have to start, Jen, can you tell us about your first time meeting Susan? <laughs> yes, I was in her counseling office and we were just meeting over coffee. People had said, y'all got to meet. We finally did. And I'm sitting you know, listening to her share about her family and her kids and what they're doing. And, you know, and she starts talking about her one son who was in a band and a musician. And I start piecing together that now I I think I've heard Susan's voice somewhere. This is (laughs) now her voice is sounding familiar. And I start putting two and two together and I'm a huge Laney fan. And there is a clip of Susan on a voicemail that is included on one of their albums. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That was Susan on that voicemail that we have played so many times in our car. And so Susan literally probably was a celebrity, I guess, in my mind. I know. And Susan loves anybody who loves her kids. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Instantly. Yes. I'll love you five times. And then she said that was the other thing that clued me in is she had used five times yeah. in a, my, our personal meeting. And I was like, nobody else says that. Right. That was said in the it's a very mm-hmm. Susan yeah. thing. It so. is. It is. And then as I... As a gift at their wedding, Jake wrote out one of the Laney songs. Yes, that it was our dan- our first dance oh song. Goodness. He hand wrote the lyrics and it was framed. And I gave it to Rhett as a gift for our wedding. On that our wedding is day. so special, isn't yeah. it? That's awesome. So, so we are so thrilled to have you, Jen. I mean, it truly is an honor because she is a expert on what we're going to talk about today. That is true. Mm -hmm. So Susan, before we get started into that, I want you to tell me a little bit about why you wanted Jen to join us today. Because Jen, you're involved in a lot of things and do a lot of really cool ministry things. But the Enneagram is one that we've all kind of connected together with. And so Susan, this was your idea to have Jen on. And as soon as you mentioned it to me, I was like, yes, if we're going to talk about the Enneagram, we can't do it without Jen Mm -hmm. because it's a very complicated subject. So kind of give us a little bit of insight of what you were thinking and why Jen's the perfect person to help us have this conversation. Well, the Enneagram can be complicated. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I immediately thought of Jen. And so we decided, Carrie, that we'd do a part one, part two, and not just try to cram it in on one podcast. Even with two parts, we're going to have a hard time (laughs) getting everything in. Very true. And so Jen is someone that loves God and truly is so relational with Mm -hmm. his people. And, And that comes across so beautifully. And I knew it would come across over 
for a podcast mm-hmm. so easily. And when you hear her, you'll see what I'm talking about. And just understanding the Enneagram, if if anybody can get that across, it's going to be Jen Jeff. Yeah. Because for one thing, Jen goes across the country uh, teaching the Enneagram to corporations, to groups of women, to groups of men and women, to churches, to gatherings. So I knew her personally. Uh-huh. So I knew if I called her, she would do everything that she could possibly She's do. She's just probably wanting more Laney merch from you. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's going to be her payment. Uh, a sweatshirt. A, a, a sweatshirt. A Laney sweatshirt. A hoodie, You're good. Uh, maybe a ticket in there. Maybe. I don't know. To a concert. But anyway, we'll work something out. Uh, but you're going to love Jen. Yes. So Jen, tell us, how did you even get introduced to the Enneagram and kind of what is it for people who may not be familiar with it? Yeah. So I had been introduced to it through some friends. It was kind of a a hot topic, you know, starting maybe five or six years ago in my life. I think it's been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. I want to say that. But it kind of came up in conversation. I love, I've always loved personal development, always loved leadership development. And so it was just another assessment, you know, like the Myers-Briggs, for instance, or the Mm -hmm. DISC test that, you know, your listeners might be familiar with. But it came up and I took the test because I love anything that can tell me anything about myself and make sense of my life. I'm like, yes, sign me up. I'll Mm -hmm. take that test. And it honestly is, and I like how you kind of address like, it's not just a test. It is more of a tool used for growth, ultimately. And then I think it became so personally transformative in my personal life Mm -hmm. that I just got passionate about learning as much as I could about it. There's so much more I could learn, but learning enough that I could then come alongside individuals, teams, um, organizations, and equip them with the same tool. So then I started teaching it after I spent quite a while um, investing, learning. Um, and it's it's beyond just a test. Everyone might want to know, like, how do I know my number? We're going to mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about that. And there are tests that you can take to learn your Enneagram number. There are nine numbers. And I will say this, the tests are about 75% accurate. And it is because When we take tests, any test, they are testing our behavior. So we're answering questions on a test based on how we behave or think we behave, right? But the Enneagram is testing why we behave the way we do. Hmm. And that's a little harder and more nuanced for a test to discern. And so I would encourage anyone who wants to get into this, um, yes, feel free to take a test, but also invest some time in reading material. It it Mm. takes some time to simmer, to consider, to read through and research. So that's what I would say about kind of the test component of Enneagram. Mm -hmm. So I know before we even get started, one thing that we all wanted to talk about is the Enneagram specifically, but personality tests in general. Some people have a real aversion to these things. Um, I'm the type of person, so I'm an Enneagram five, which will help people who understand the Enneagram understand what I'm about to say. I love learning anything about anything, especially if it gives insight and, you know, and those kinds of things. But there are some people who've been hurt by the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. some people who are just adverse to it in general. So what would you say to those people who may be tuning in and are getting ready to like exit out of this podcast and go listen to something else? Yeah, I would say hang in there with me. I think you'll be encouraged by and align with some of the things we say around the Enneagram and the use of the Enneagram. 
And I will say, I affirm you in that there are probably stories you could tell me that have made you feel alienated from conversations Mm -hmm. because you've Mm -hmm. chosen not to understand Enneagram, but you're at a dinner party and that's what everyone else at the table is talking about and you can't engage. And that feels alienating. Mm -hmm. And I think we need, as people who do love Enneagram and Mm -hmm. have seen it for good, be aware of that, you know, how it can alienate people who aren't. I hear a lot that I hate personality tests because they put me in a box. And I would say specifically about the Enneagram, it doesn't put you in a box. It shows you the box that you're in and how to get out. Because it's not just a defining tool. It's not saying you are this way, Carrie. Yeah. It's saying this is some of the characteristics of how you're wired. Mm -hmm. These are your strengths. These are also your weaknesses. But we're also additionally going to show you a path to growth, which I think most of us would agree that we all want to be on the trajectory of Of growth growth. in our Mm -hmm. life. Yes. Yes. From here until From, f- if we live to be a hundred. That is that is sanctification. That yes. is the pursuit of holiness, the pursuit of godliness. And so some people might cringe a little bit when they hear us talk about pursuit of holiness, godliness, sanctification, and talk about Enneagram. How do those things mm-hmm. reconcile to each other? Yeah. And I will say this the Enneagram can bring clarity around these things. We're going to talk about that next next episode. We're going to really unpack some clarity things around Enneagram. They can bring some clarity around my strengths and weaknesses, my core fears, my core desires, what motivates me to make the decisions I make, to respond to the world the way I do. It's going to bring clarity to that. But it is the gospel that brings transformation. Yeah. And we will repeat that so many times in this. The Enneagram brings clarity. It is the gospel that brings transformation. And the woman that has taught me so much about Enneagram has repeated that over us. This is just a tool. It is not the end all be all. It is just a tool that can be used for growth and and healing. Mm -hmm. I think what I love about that, as you're saying that, I'm thinking of two different things. One is something that Susan and a dozen other people in my life who are professors or mentors in the therapy world have said, and that is all behavior makes sense in context. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing something that doesn't make sense, if you get a deeper understanding of what's my motivation, what was the context, what was really going on, it can help make sense of that behavior. Mm -hmm. And then once we make sense of something, we can move forward from that, you know? Yes. But then there's also this piece of, it's this whole like, why do I do what I do? Why Mm -hmm. am I like this? And I even think about scripture. Paul talks about this. Yes. Why do I behave this way um, and everything? And I think part of the process of sanctification is starting with repentance of God, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. I really blew that there. Mm-hmm. And if we can't acknowledge those things about ourselves, mm-hmm. then we can't even begin the process of moving towards health and growth. Yes. And I would love to read that scripture yeah, from absolutely. Romans. Paul says, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do. But what I hate, I do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Mm. And all that this, this is just a tool that helps us identify the motivation. Why do I keep doing what I don't want to do? How do I start doing what I do want to do? And I love that you talked about the repentance piece, because if we use the Enneagram appropriately and responsibly, Mm -hmm. it will bring to light 
the strongholds in our life that do mm-hmm. not align with God's desire for us. Mm-hmm. And that is the beginning of repentance and confession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if we use it responsibly, that would be the hope is that it would bring transformation. And I love, I love that you keep using the word responsibly because I think, you know, that goes to the heart. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking about, if I were to ask you, Jen, how, tell me about your heart. How's your heart? Carrie, how's your heart? If I assess my heart with Jesus, mm-hmm. if I set my heart, there's the motive of everything. Okay. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking about a God controlled heart versus me wanting my way versus I'm going to cheat and go to, to next week's session. If we're talking about a number on the Enneagram, when somebody says, that's just who I am. I'm a number one, two, three, four, five. You know, there are nine numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm just this way and I'm stuck that way. I'm not going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll hear that sometime in session versus that versus when I'm open Mm-hmm. With hands open, hear God. Mm-hmm. You know what? It, it's almost like a mirror moment with God, talking to God, mm-hmm. being open. Motive: Do I need to confess something? Right. Sh- show me me as you see me. Mm-hmm. Moment. Search me. Know Search me. me. Test me. Know me. Psalm one thirty nine. All over that. You know that's totally different when mm-hmm. you're talking about. The, you're talking about motive. Mm-hmm. You know that's there's so much mm-hmm. opportunity there. So that's really being responsible. Right. Yeah. With the Enneagram. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say just a few more, just some ways that we could all be challenged to be responsible. Remember, it's not just a personality test. It doesn't, it's very static. And I'm excited. We'll talk about that next time. But it's a very static tool. It helps bring to light when we're in, when we're living in stress when we're trying to control a situation, when we're living in fear, it, it really helps us identify those moments in our life. It It's not a sword. So we need to be so careful. Those of us who know Enneagram, I heard a gentleman say one time as he's learned more about Enneagram that the master teachers that have been teaching it for decades and centuries, if I'm meeting you, Susan, for the first time, I'm not going to disclose to you what number I am. Because what I know you're going to do is judge me through the weakest parts of that number Mm -hmm. before you get to know me. And so I think we have to be careful. The more we learn about Enneagram, it's typically our numbers are typically typically defined by what we get wrong. That's why learning this is so hard Mm -hmm. and humbling. So we also have to be careful how we turn that around on other people. So I can't say to you, Susan, in a moment where you're operating out of fear, maybe mm-hmm. I can't say you're being such a three. Mm-hmm. That's that is using Enneagram as a sword to attack you. Mm-hmm. And we cannot use it that way. That's me technically keeping you in a box. Mm-hmm. So I think we can't use it as a sword. We cannot use it as a shield. You spoke to this. I cannot walk around and, and say, well, that's just how I am as a seven. And you're going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I cannot change. The reason this is an incredible tool is because it gives us a pathway to change specifically for every number. That's why it's so dynamic. And then it's not a seal. I remember I was, when I was dating my husband, I for sure thought he was a two, for sure thought he was a two. And understanding I'm a seven, I started projecting upon our future, all the things that were going to be really difficult for a two Mm. and a seven to be together. (laughs) And I was going through this with, and we were on a walk and I was, had all these fears and projections and this is going to happen and you're going to feel this. And then I'm going to feel this. And he, he literally grabbed my shoulders, turned me around and he said, 
And he did not know anything about Enneagram at the time. And here I am learning so much. And I'm so such a zealous, you know, Enneagram learner. And he turned me around, not knowing anything about it. And he's like, your identity is not your number. Your identity is in Christ. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Why to go? Ret. Ret. Mm-hmm. I know. Thumbs and I, and I have had to cling to that. And then I was like, that is so true. So mm. true. That is when we do put ourselves in a box. So I even challenge myself instead of saying I'm a seven, I try to change the language. I'll say it on this podcast. I'm sure I try to change the language and say, I identify as a seven. I am in Christ but I identify as a seven. I have motivations that align with a seven. And so I challenge myself to use that language. It does not replace God's word of the Holy Spirit. It never does. Never. It is a tool that that helps bring clarity, but it's not replace God's word of the Holy Spirit. And then last, I'll say it again. Next week will be even harder, but, you know, some, any critics of Enneagram, if they sit and, you know, learn or, or read or understand Enneagram, if they give it a chance, there will come a moment as you read through the nine numbers where you feel like there's one where someone's reading your mail mm. and it, it becomes convicting because you will identify more with what you get wrong than what you get right. You'll feel like you're five different numbers, but when you get to the one that you are identifying with, it'll be the hard, the stronghold pieces, the weakness. Yeah. When we operate out of stress at our worst, that's it doesn't feel good. This yeah. process doesn't feel good. But if we can use it for sanctification and godliness and holiness, it can be used for good. And when you read through the book, I just have to side note here. Yeah. Don't be reading it through going, ooh, that is this so and so. Yeah. That is so and so. Yeah. Guard against that. Guard against that. One of the things that I heard <laughs> when I first started reading about the Enneagram was and I think it was Ian Cron, but I can't remember for sure. But it was a very strong, you are not allowed to type anybody mm-hmm. but yourself. Yes. He says it's the cardinal rule. Yes. I, I, and and I and as someone who loves mm-hmm. observing people yes, and yes. trying to understand people and trying to figure out people, I so desperately mm-hmm. want to type mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. because it would help me to understand them better. But what you said earlier about then I'm immediately going to be looking at those weaknesses and all of that. And so that's been a real struggle of mine in learning the Enneagram is to let other people discover for themselves mm-hmm. who they are mm-hmm. and let them tell me yes. through self-disclosure, yes. hey, this is who I am. These are my struggles. These are my weakness. Instead of me projecting on them what I think they are and the areas I think they need to grow in. Yes, because I want to point out, now I may be wrong, Jim, but we've known each other long enough. I think you had Rhett's number wrong. Oh, I did. Yeah, I'm glad okay. you brought that up. Okay, yeah. Because I totally did. Yeah, that's what he's I thought. He wasn't a two. He's a one. Okay. There and you go. See, so audience, that you was, cannot. You can't, you can't guess what somebody you else can't is. Guess what somebody and is. the reason is is because it is about motivation, not behavior. Thank you. And that is key for me. Mm -hmm. For I just want to interject, and I want you to get back to Rhett. But I love the Enneagram for this reason, audience. It's about motivation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's about motivation. What motivates you to do what you do? Go. Yes. And so that's why we can, I cannot, you have to carry, tell me. Yes, right. right. That's because right. only you know what motivates you to do it. You to do, do what say you what do. you do, feel right. what you do, behave like you do. Yeah. And so we do Susan and I could exhibit the exact same behavior. 100%. 100%. But the motivation is completely different. different. Totally. So in relationship with you, I mean, let's just, let's talk even about conflict. I mean, this is mm-hmm. where... 
a lot of us live in conflict with each other because I assume before I knew Enneagram, if I'm in conflict with you, it's because I assume you see the world exactly the way I do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And because in this moment, we're not agreeing or handling it the same way. Right. It's causing conflict. But the truth is you and I see the world completely different. Mm. We're motivated by different fears and deep desires. And so that's going to alter how we behave and the choices that we make. And that's why all behavior communicates something. And that's mm -hmm. why what makes this make sense. Right. The motive behind it makes this make sense. Exactly. So and our behavior, as you're saying, we may have the same behavior, yeah. but what makes this make sense? The motive behind it, your heart. I'm going to go heart. back to the mm -hmm. heart yeah. that I discussed earlier. That makes all the difference in the heart. And you could wound me that fast mm. over something, and it wouldn't wound you at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Not at all. But Jen could wound me in mm -hmm. two seconds, yeah. and it wouldn't bother you yeah. at all. And then and then I'd be to be questioning, Susan, why are you so why, upset right now? Why are you hurt? That was no big deal. Yeah. Exactly. And then you dismiss yes. and invalidate yeah. right. her experience. Mm -hmm. Because you don't understand she's seeing the world completely different than you are. And I love how you brought up, you know, the heart piece. It's been a practice for me instead of say, how are you doing today, Susan? Mm -hmm. and, and say, how is your heart? Right. Because that's drawing out an answer that's deeper than behavior. Right. Doing is more behavior-based right. questioning. Mm -hmm. How is your heart is more, to your point, what is your motivation? What are, What's motivating your feelings today? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So before we started recording today, you shared with us a story about you and your husband yes, and kind of how this conflict piece played out for you. And as we're talking about this, I'm just thinking, you know, I, I, I feel like just a real world practical example might help people understand a little bit better. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah. You know, one of the benefits of Enneagram and where I think it's a tool that can be so uh, utilized is in the in the area of communication in relationships. Mm -hmm. And my husband is a one. He sees the world through the lens of right and wrong. Um, he loves like anything that can be reformed and made right and good and pure. And I'm a seven. And so <laughs> my view of the world, you know, I see it through the lens of like a lot of gray and creativity and a lot yeah. of color. And, and so there was a, a day that I had prepared a really nice meal. I was preparing for date night. He was coming home from school. It was Halloween. And this is our first year of marriage and had worked really hard, you know, to get the house prepared and the table set and the meal prepared in the oven. And he walks in in his Care Bear onesie. That's what, that was his uh, costume of choice that day. <laughs> okay, let's remind everyone he's a teacher. He's, oh, sorry. Yes. Thank you. That would be an important detail for the he podcast. He didn't just wear a Care Bear onesie. No, yes. No. Just yes, to, like, to work. Corporate America. Yeah, corporate America. No, he is a middle school educator. Yes. So he had worn a Care Bear onesie. Um, Which to, is more appropriate. More appropriate for the context of the story. And and he walked in and I'm, I'm emotionally ready for date night, right? Like I've made this meal and emotionally ready. We're going to celebrate. And he comes in and unbeknownst to me, when he left for work that morning, he went out to his car and he had a flat tire. Mm. And so as he's coming in, he is on his phone. He is trying to call uh, tire places to get his tire fixed. He's asking me if I'm around in the morning, am I going to be available? Like scheduling all this, totally disregarding that like table set, meal prepared, can't, you know, like I've, I've done all this and he's all he's looking at 
is what needs to be fixed. What needs to be fixed. He cannot, you know, he can't see all the creative, no, no, beautiful, no, no, all this preparation that, that I've done. And I, in the moment, feel so dismissed. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. very personal. I feel dismissed, shut down. And so it, ta- it takes a while. And I think about, you know, 45 minutes later, he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. I need to walk you through how this made me feel. Mm-hmm. But what I also was able to do is through the lens of understanding how he sees the world, I was able to detach how personal that felt to me mm-hmm. and understand he literally needed to get this fixed before he could see around him. Now, let me tell you the other side of that. He also held space. He listened to how it made me feel. He connected with how it made me feel. He apologized for how it made me feel. He saw through the lens of living on the other side of him, which I think a huge tool, a way we can use Enneagram is what is life like on the other side of me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is it like to live on the other side of me? Mm -hmm. And so for me to be able to say, when you walk in distracted and I've, you know, prepared all this, I feel dismissed. I know that's how your brain works. And so it's the acknowledgement of we're wired that way and maybe don't take it personally. And also at the same time, these are areas we can both grow. Mm -hmm. So you can see how it can be used to understand and maybe not take something personally and pursue growth in this is how I'm wired, but I can see how that wiring can make someone feel dismissed, unseen. Right. And invalidated. And I think it speaks directly to what Susan was saying earlier about how you'll have a client sitting on your couch that says, well, I'm just a seven. This is just the way that I am. I'm just a one. This is just the way that I am. You have to just get used to it. Yeah. But what I hear you saying is you were able as a seven to, to stop and go, what does this situation look like from the lens of a one? Yes. So that I can understand my husband better. Yes. But then your husband was able to say... Ooh, as a one, I can see how that hurt you. Yes. Can you help me understand how to do it better yes. next time? So in both ways, it's an acknowledgement 100%. of understanding yes. and growth. Yes. And the next morning, sweet man on his way to work, sent me a voicemail and said, here's how yesterday should have played out. And uh-huh. he like walked back through and different choices he would make. And here's how it had done it differently. And I was like, there's so much healing in that and just saying, I'm not going to get, I want to live not easily offended. That's always what I'm trying to work on. I think Mm -hmm. growth wise is not always live easily offended. And I think this helps in Mm -hmm. that. And then, like you said, mutually understanding each other and mutually challenging each other to grow. Mm -hmm. I love that. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to stop. Well, okay. I'm going to have to stop us here. Susan has a little wrap up for us here in just a minute, but I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in this because we're just, we could talk about this for hours and hours and we can't do that. So next week we are going to continue this conversation with Jen and we're actually going to talk about what are the nine numbers and it's not going to be a four hour long podcast. We are briefly going to hit on each of the nine numbers. Yes. Um, It'll be so interesting. It will. I'm super excited about it. But I'm I'm thinking because every week we have a tangible takeaway, oh, something mm-hmm. practical that you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think Jen just hit it right there. Of Even if you've never heard of the Enneagram, even if you know nothing about the Enneagram, the next time you're hurt or you take something personally, what would it look like to stop for just a second and ask yourself, or pray even, God, invite God into that space. God, help me to understand the other person. 
can you help me see it from their perspective? Mm -hmm. And I think if we could do that, that's a huge step in living our lives, not being easily offended, Amen. you know? So I think that's a great tangible takeaway for us of just stopping and asking the Lord, help us to, can I help me to understand that other person in this interaction right now? So, and I've got one teaser I will leave for next next week. week. Okay. Because it's an example. I had a couple in here Mm -hmm. and they had just learned about the Enneagram. And I took it off of my notes and wrote it down Mm -hmm. on the notebook because I was visiting with another group about the Enneagram. And this is what the wife said. She said, I'm a one and he's an eight. And the Enneagram was so helpful. And I said, oh, tell me about that. And they said, I used to take everything personally. Mm. And so we were doing the Enneagram in our community group. And I learned it's not about me. It's who he is. And I love who he is. As a matter of fact, I need his confidence in my life. And he now is understanding who I am in my oneness. So, yes, so understanding, mm-hmm. yes, of understanding each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think if if we get nothing else out of the Enneagram, mm-hmm. that is so key because, you know, I think about, you know, Christ telling us to live at peace with one another. Mm-hmm. That's really hard to do when we don't understand each other, exactly you right. know, and so if nothing else, if this causes us to slow down and say, I want to understand other people and their perspective and maybe realize not everybody sees this the world through the same lens that I do. Exactly. That's a huge step. Huge. So good. I can't wait till next week. Okay. Well, next week we're going to dig in some more and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast, part of the KLRC Podcast Network.